Hey guys, welcome back to this week's podcast. Last week was a pilot episode and I gave all of the listeners some background information about what I will be doing during my shows, what I'm going to be talking about, and how I got the inspiration to come up with this idea for a podcast. So buckle up your seatbelt, guys, grab a nice warm blanket to cuddle with, and let's talk about turnover. So a turnover is a band from Virginia Beach, Virginia, even though they are definitely way on the East Coast, they um, still have a lot of influences from like the San Francisco area, and that's actually one of their favorite areas uh, to be at. So I think it's pretty cool that even though they didn't really grow up in this area, you could still kind of hear influences from like all over the place, but their hometown is Virginia Beach, Virginia. As of right now, they have three band members, but they do have a fill-in guitarist with them that is going on tour with them and all of that good stuff. But um, they do have Danny Dempsey who plays the bass guitar. They have Austin Getz who plays the guitar for the band as well as does the vocals for the band. Last but not least, we have Casey Getz who plays the drums and is Austin's brother and lifelong musical soulmate as they like to describe each other. Right now, they have three... um, studio records. Um, The first one is Magnolia, and that album came out in 2013, and it was described as both emo and very pop-punk. Two years later, they released their masterpiece, Peripheral Vision, which has been described as an indie rock, pop, and a dream pop album. And their newest release was actually earlier this year. I want to say it was in August, but they have been teasing us since like May. And um, they released their third album, Good Nature, which can best be described as indie rock and dream pop, a sound that I believe will definitely carry into any music that that they will be making in the future. Even from like the first album to the most recent album that came out this year, there is a huge change of sound in it. And that's something that I will be getting into more um, later on in the podcast. But I just wanted to point that out, how... um, different each album is and how they each stand out. Even though that their um, first album came out in 2013, Magnolia, they've actually been around for a good while. Um, They've been around since 2009, which was eight years ago. Can you believe 2009 was like eight years ago? Because I honestly can't. It still feels like it's that time, but I'm like, wait, Bridget, you're 20. You're a junior in college. Like, it's not 2009. Just stop thinking that. But anyways, they've been around for a good minute. And um, for three years, they were a band who had literally all of the potential to make it big, but they just didn't have a signed contract with any record label. So finally, in 2012, they became a part of the independent Boston, Massachusetts-born Run For Cover Records family, who is known to sign artists who shy away from the everyday top 40 hits that seem to play everywhere all of the time. Like, all of the time. And some of the bands that they have actually signed for that record label is Citizen, Pity Sex, Sea Haven, Elvis Depressedly, and they actually have toured with, I believe, Citizen and Elvis Depressedly in the past. So even though they don't have similar sounds, they still are kind of in the same um, spectrum that they tour together, they do shows together, they do festivals together, all of that good stuff. And um, Run For Covers, like I said, definitely doesn't shy away from grabbing these artists that have, you know, it's like a different sound, yet it works. Like the audience, it's not what we're used to, I guess, for that genre, but it's working. So I'm going to keep listening to it and buy the albums and, you know, stream them and everything. So it works out for all, for everyone that's involved. 
but like I mentioned, it's a pattern that they choose artists who have like an indie punk rock sound that can also be seen as alternative rock or even my favorite genre name, which is emo. I just, every time I say that, I just think of like My Chemical Romance and I'm just like crying in the corner and it's so funny. But um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, so they they have that, that emo sad sound, you know, like that sad boy sound. And um, even though they have been playing music for a pretty good amount of time, it was wasn't until May of 2015 where everything just changed for turnover and 2015 was definitely one of my favorite years and the reason why was because of this reason this particular reason was because um, in 2015 turnover released their album peripheral vision just take a minute to really listen to like the name of that album peripheral vision what comes to mind when you think of that because I know for me, I think of like, for some reason, euphoric like images. I think of the album cover, obviously, because Peripheral Vision is the name of the album. I also think of just like really dreamy, like sad, nostalgic things for some reason. And I think it's really cool because I actually thought that before I actually listened to the album. And then I listened to it and I'm like, wow, that really fits with, you know, what I thought it was going to be. Um... But yeah, they came out with Peripheral Vision in 2015, and in my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful and life-changing albums ever. Of course, everyone's not going to think that way. Um, some people, you know, like Magnolia, they like 2013 Turnover because at the shows they could actually get crazy and they could actually like, I don't know, dance around and blah, 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 whatever, and they have a more punk rock sound. And now they kind of shied away from that, and I will, you know, like I said, I'll be talking about this later on in the podcast, but they've shied away from that um, sound, and now they're kind of doing their own thing, kind of um, experimenting with different sounds and seeing what works and what's not working, and whatever they think will work for them, they do. So I think that's pretty cool. And uh, this album, you know, holds such a special place in my heart. You know, I, I know I'm getting personal, but I think it's always really cool when... Um, I listen to podcasts and, you know, they're talking about different topics and different, you know, things that are going on, but they also throw in like a touch of their personal life. And from the get go, I knew that I was going to be doing that because music is such a huge part of my life and it's literally keeping me alive <laughs> as we speak. But um, it's just, it's a great inspiration for me to do, you know, good and better in my life. And um, this album definitely is one of the reasons why I am listening to the music that I'm listening to now they're they were kind of like a gateway into that like sad emo dreamy pop music and um I fell in love with the album the first time that I listened to it and I it was an album that screamed change growing up dreamy vibes and ultimately it was an album that felt like it was opening up to its listeners inviting them into a world full of depressive anxious droopy lyrics with a soft melody in the background since they have changed their sound from when they first started to now, it's definitely hard to describe them as just one genre. It's kind of ranging from like their first album to when they first started to where they're at now. It ranges from emo to indie rock to dreamy pop. And with their first album, Magnolia, their sound was more on the emo punk side. With their album, Peripheral Vision, it still had a lot of elements of the emo genre, but it slowly transitioned into soft, dreamy pop. And with their most recent album, Good Nature, it is a complete blossom of indie, dreamy pop. 
I always like to describe that album as a nice Sunday afternoon, you know, something that you could just be playing in the background while you're sitting, drinking some tea, hanging out with your dogs, you know, with your significant other, just enjoying being outside, you know, and like enjoying the weather, enjoying just being there instead of, you know, constantly being like on our phones and constantly just, you know, with technology and everything, we're just so like, I feel like we're just getting apart from actually like rooting down and enjoying our planet and like where we live and everything. And I think this album um, does a good um, job of portraying just like nice, breezy, melodic sounds that can just keep you relaxed and just enjoying enjoying the time that you're listening to it and truly listening to what they're saying and their sound it is definitely a complete blossom of indie dreamy pop i always like to describe it like i said as a sunday afternoon and um they have stated that they have a lot of influences um for where they're at now and it's it was kind of hard to pinpoint exactly who has influenced them because they've said so many bands you know even bands that they tour with bands that they look up to band just a bunch of different music that they um that has inspired them and it's literally too long to list um i was watching interviews with them and that's what they said it's too long to list there have been many bands over the years that have influenced them and have shaped them into you know becoming the band that they are today they've evolved and changed over time and in their own words they have grown up and I think that's the best way to describe the sound of a band and the sound of um of who they are is they grew up you know like there's nothing else that they can say to really describe the reason why they've changed their sound so it wasn't drastic it was like slowly going to where they're at now but I think it's um really cool because I haven't really heard a lot of bands say that is that you know, why Why did you change from, like, album one to album three, album one to album five, whatever. We grew up. That's how they said it, and I thought it was really cool and straightforward. They said that they were kids, you know, when they were making, earlier in um, their career, when they were making their first album. They were kids. They were in the scene. They wanted to, you know, have their own sound, but at the same time relate to other bands that had similar sounds as well and then I think something just clicked for them one day and they came out with peripheral vision and that's how they described the making of that album is that they all grew up in a sense so like I said I've always liked to I've had the mindset that I'm going to throw in a little bit of personal things here and there um, into my podcast but I'm going to talk about a little bit about the first time I actually listened to this um, band and the way it made me feel and how I've been you know catching up with them following them up on social media for the past two years and actually ex- experiencing them live this year for the first time ever and it was amazing but the first time I listened to Turnover um, I was actually waiting for my dad to pick me up from class because I didn't have a car at this time and my friend had been talking about um, Turnover on Twitter for like the longest time and I really liked the album cover I thought it was really cool it was just a girl with like these hazy like red yellow colors um on the album and I don't know I thought it was really cool so I decided to just whatever I'm gonna try to listen to this band because she listens to a lot of good music so of course I had to jump on that boat the first song I listened to them was I Would Hate You If I Could and I remember listening to it and it's a song about um seeing like a person that you used to love you know thinking of the memories and thinking about 
how deep you were in your feelings with this person and thinking I I would hate you if I could, but I just can't hate you. I even after everything you put me through and everything you've said about me, I just I can't do it. And I listened to that song first. I thought it was amazing. And the next song was actually um, my favorite song of all time, which is Dizzy on the Come Down. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit before the end of this podcast. But that was the, first, the second song I listened to by them. Definitely blew my mind. I think I listened to that song 20 times that day. And I'm still not tired of it two years later. And I'm not tired of it at all. I play it maybe once a day. And it's amazing. Um, But yeah, for the past two years, I've been keeping up with them on social media. I've been trying to see what tours I can make it out to, um, who they tour with, you know, what they're up to, if they're in the studio or not, if, you know, they're doing meet and greets or anything like that. And um, yeah, so I try to keep up with that. And I actually saw them live for the first time this year. Um, It was in San Francisco at the chapel, and I saw them with my boyfriend, who we share a huge love for Turnover. Um, They hold a very special place in our hearts. And I saw them live, and the chapel is a very beautiful, beautiful venue. Like, I'm talking, you go in there, and it's a very decent size. It's not too big, it's not too small. But Their lighting is amazing. They have a disco ball and it's the perfect size where like it's very intimate with the bands that are playing on stage because you're literally, I was literally right in front of the guitarist. It was amazing. I listened to them live and I cried. Um, I jumped, I screamed. It was amazing. (laughs) Like I, I can't describe it any other way except amazing and probably one of the best experiences I've had in my life, um, so far. They played one of my favorite songs and, uh, it's called Dizzy on the Come Down. And when I first heard it, I felt so anxious. I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, I heard the first chords. And if you guys have listened to the song, you you know exactly what I'm talking about. But in the beginning, it's like... pretty I just don't know how else to describe it except it's beautiful and um I heard the first chords and I just broke down and my boyfriend <laughs> saw me and he like grabbed my shoulders and he was like you know moving me and stuff trying to get me to like not cry and I just kind of shook it off and the whole time you know we were like moving around and dancing and stuff and you know not to get too gross or anything but like in the middle of the song I like just jumped on him and I gave him a huge kiss and it was a really awesome feeling you know because music is such a huge part of my life and to actually experience a song that I have been fantasizing about I've been dreaming about you know I'm gonna play that at my wedding kind of song and to actually hear it live with someone that means so much to me was a an amazing experience something that I hope you all get to experience someday with you know some of your favorite bands like this one is mine and um but they were great, it was great, and Turnover is great. Yay!